0: and I'm a little sick today so you will hear that in my voice but we have so many things to talk about today so this is my Christmas special and this is very serious this is about DC crime DC crime is up 60 percent right now and it is up in all cities um and we did do a little to fund the police a little bit in DC but not nearly as much as like Cleveland or Detroit or um even uh let's see. L.A., I don't know. Um, and Michigan, all the cities that were um, all the cities that were run by liberals. Um, Mayor Bowser is a liberal. I Absolutely love her, though. So just for the record, I sit on her. Um, it's a volunteer, but I listen to all her phone calls for veterans in D.C. She's amazing. And I'm actually more bipartisan and probably a little bit more of a liberal than a Democrat because, or than a Republican. Because I'm anti-death penalty, even though Democrats are still into the death penalty, they just pretend like they're not. Um, But Trump did execute uh, like four or five people right before he got out of office, which is horrible. I can't believe we're still executing people in a first world country or third world country or first world country. Who knows what we are anymore? But I do want to talk about D.C. crime, and I am not going to focus on names because a lot of times the children are underage. And as you all know, they do not list names under 18. Um, So let's start out with our first story. There was a boy in Northeast. um, He was 18 months old. He was shot, probably it sounded like in a room where he was being held. And, you know, as a child, like in someone's arms and was killed by a bullet. Um, He bled out on the scene, so they didn't say his name, but they obviously said it was a male. Um, The baby was 18 months old, so that could have been the next Martin Luther King. And I don't care what color it was, white, black, Hispanic, it doesn't, female, male, it's so irrelevant. Um, The point being is that a child was dead. And so you can tell from the article that he was black because they talk about um, him being a black, a black child. So let's talk about that. That could be the next Martin Luther King, but we will never know. We will never know what what this child could have been because we as a society did not give this child a chance to live. And that is absolutely crazy. And then the other day there was another couple. So I'm going to use race because I talk about race and I just, we're just going to do that. So this was a white man and his baby. I don't exactly remember how old the baby was. Somebody took two bricks beat the dad, beat the child. Now the child did not have brain damage because they hit the child in the skull, but it was on the child's face. And I can't remember if it was a little girl or a little boy, again, irrelevant. And they showed the the clothes of the man and the baby and they were both bloody So this person took a brick and hit the dad and hit the baby. Then they were basically walking down the streets of DC. It is absolutely insane. You know, I get excited. So let's talk about the next one. I had a good friend and I'm going to actually say his name because you can Google it. Washington Post did it. It's Devon Childs. He was around my age. I just turned 40 in October and he was gunned down in Edgewood apartment buildings. Um, our other friend, we're not even sure if he was alive, was shot 12 times. Um, somebody was trying to kill you. So it would definitely, and I know these guys because I buy weed from them. So they definitely were caught. And they never have talked about Edgewood apartments. And I've known them for at least a year. So I think they were called over there and intentionally murdered. So the woman who actually lives in the building is staying by me near the wharf. And she was telling me that the walls were covered with blood and I'm five two and she's a little bit shorter than me, but she was talking about how she could put her arm up on the wall and she could see the blood and the handprints of the people of my two friends. Right. And they were African-American, but it doesn't matter. We all get gunned down. We can all be gunned down at any moment. And I'm not trying to cause like fear, but let's talk about that. So there was blood around the metro station. There was blood around the apartment building. So it was on the floor, the fourth floor. And that floor was on lockdown like a week after the killing, right? So then this woman came out that Saturday. So the killing happened. And you can read this in Washington Post. The killing happened at 10.09 p.m. on December 10th. So she, because she wasn't on the fourth floor, was allowed to leave that Saturday morning. And she said that's when she saw all the blood. And then she said she went down to the metro station and there was blood and brain matter like around the metro station. And she was an EMT in the fire with the fire department. So she knows what brain matter looks like. Absolutely insane. And she told me a couple of times that she held like a man's uh, head in her hand because it, his head came off inside the helmet when he was riding a motorcycle. And she said that that obviously very much upset her. But the PTSD that she has now, and it's been, you know, today's the 26th and that was the 10th. So it's been, you know, a couple of weeks now. Absolutely insane that they were gunned down in D.C. And people can become succ- can succumb to shootings at any time. So the p- only people that are allowed to have weapons in D.C. unless you get a permit are the feds, the Capitol Police, probably the CIA. Um, I don't even know. But so you, but you have to apply. And obviously, um, probably um, officers that are working security. So the woman at the Safeway that I live by, and I'm not going to give my address. Um, she carries a weapon, but she's a police officer, but she's hired by Safeway for security. So she carries a Glock or an M9 or however you want to say it, but it's a handgun. Right. But the point being is that nobody in DC can have a permit unless you're in, unless you have illegal guns. So let's talk about that. So my ex boyfriend had guns registered in Washington, DC. And he brought them, no, I'm sorry, they were registered in Virginia, but he accidentally brought them into DC to my apartment. And I would, this was when I lived in Noma and I was scared shitless. We didn't move those guns out immediately because if I got caught with illegal guns in my house that were registered to him in Virginia, that's a federal crime. So I don't know if you remember right after January 6th, and remember I was at the rally, but I was not at the Capitol. Um, so there was a man who came into the city, and he was a security guard or something in Virginia, but he accidentally forgot to take his guns out of the truck when he came into the Capitol because he was working security around the Capitol. And so, because he he forgot, they they called it a terrorist attack because it was right after uh, January 6, like a couple of days afterwards. And they're like, "There's another terrorist attack," because you know we're all terrorists if we're Republicans. Um, there was a terrorist attack in D.C. And here it was just him forgetting to take out his Virginia registered weapon. And so, of course, the media ran with it because the media will tell you anything that they want to tell you to hype it up. And as you guys know, my undergrad is in journalism, so anything to hype up um, a story about terrorism in the Capitol, There was a woman a couple years ago who she was she had mental health issues but she tried to drive her car into the white house and they shot her on point. Like they shot her in her car. Like you don't even have to know that someone has mental health issues that you could fire a warning shot. They killed her. I mean, that's like when I was in Iraq. Right. So it was like Ramadan. This was during the surge. um, I would say it was seven to like eight, but we were there for 15 months. So we definitely were there over a year and we got an extra thousand dollars for the three months we stayed. But point being, there was a vehicle, uh, there was a bus coming at us. So a V-bat or, you know, whatever at the time, our rules engagement had changed. So we weren't allowed to really shoot at them. They had to be warning shots. So this bus was coming at us at a rapid state. And it was one of those days where the trucks overheated because they were brand new and you had to put water bottles and engines. And then, you know, it's like 120 degrees. And then on top of that, we got a flat tire in the back truck. So I always ran the front truck. So I came back and was pulling security. We had our 50 cal gunner up there while they changed the tire in the back truck. But this this um, bus, so it ended up being a school bus, was carrying women and children to Ramadan. And you could tell by looking at it, because I could look in my binoculars that it wasn't, um, I mean, it could have been a v, but we don't know. But you could tell it was a school bus, right? And my gunner is like, it's a school bus, ma'am. I don't know what to do. I called a hire. We couldn't get comms. So long story short, we fired a 50 cal warning shot, but I was like, told my gunner, Evan Carter, do not kill anybody because like, I mean, I don't want my soldiers to die, but I also want to, don't want to kill. I mean, I would have been investigated forever if I would have killed innocent civilians. So we fired a warning shot and the bus spun around like three or four times, all their luggage fell out and they went back the other way, but it was like dawn. And that was the time where the Iraqis could travel during the day, and all convoys ran at nighttime. But we were still there at dawn because of the trucks overheating, and um, then the tire blew out because it was so hot. The tires were always blowing out, so we were out there with our BII kit trying to, you know, yank up this tire. And you can you can change a Humvee tire in like ten minutes, but it takes you know you got to crank it up, you got to move the tire off, you got to take the tire off the back, you got to screw it in. Um, So we were still out there at dawn and at this point the sun was up so it was probably like seven or eight a.m. And so we fired the warning shot and long story we took the luggage and we returned it to a local fob I think it was spiker at the time Fob spiker, where um, the Air Force guy was shot down and they actually found out that his body was buried near um, spiker so spiker was an Air Force pilot, but that was like during desert storm or something. But anyways, so we returned their luggage to Fob Spiker, and they were able to get it back because we found out later that that was all the luggage in the world that they had because they were making their one pilgrimage um, you know in their lifetime to Ramadan, um, I think it was around Christmas time or whatever um, to Mecca. And so long story short is that there could have been tons of civilians murdered that day, right? And I and I know this sounds horrible, but I really feel because I was a woman that that's why we didn't kill anybody because we had infantry guys there that were reserves from Alabama or National Guard and of course they wanted their combat action badges and you had to like shoot at something or you know get hit by something And so I think if it would have been one of the Alabama boys, it's a potential that they would have shot and killed somebody because technically the, it was coming at us like probably like 60 miles an hour. And under the rules of engagement, I probably could have, we probably could have shot them. But between me and my gunner who had worked together for Evan Carter for 15 months, I was like, do not kill anybody. And then Hire was like, I think Hire came in and I had the headphones on you know how it is when you take the headphones out of the, um, out of the Humvee, you can't hear the radio like we had the MST or BFT and the MS, um, what was it called um, uh, the one that they replaced the blue force tracker with. but so like we always didn't, we didn't always have good comms, but we always had good comms with the helicopters above us which was interesting. And we would talk to the helicopters above us, and they'd be like, We're tracking you, we're watching you from the ground. We can see your convoy, be careful. You know, there's an EOD team up ahead. Um, so we always had better communication with um, with the air air support above us than we did the talk because we were in Iraq and our talk was back in Kuwait John. Okay, so I digressed. Let's go back to DC. So also, so my friend's funeral is on the 30th, right? And we don't even know if my other friend, Dominic is still alive because they didn't let anybody off the floor for a week. Then they probably definitely put an armed guard on him. He was in Georgetown hospital. I called and confirmed. I pretend like I was the family, but you know, I like to break rules, but I just wanted to find out if he was alive and they told me that he had been released. So that either means he was killed and he died and they didn't want to tell me, or that means he truly was released. And so our friends keep saying he's alive. But I'm like, did you actually lay eyes on him? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's chilling in the house. Well, he got shot 12 times. And this is like neighborhood gossip. This was not in the paper. So it's probably true because most gossip usually is true. Usually when people were talking shit about me in the military, the things they were saying were usually true. Um, So basically, if he got shot 12 times and I know one of them was to like the eye socket outside your eye. Um, So I know he was shot there and they say that's why he survived because the bullet did not go all the way into his brain. But let's talk about this. If you got shot 12 times in Iraq with an AK-47 or a 50 cal, or let's talk about even your M4 modified or your M9, you would have been dead. So the fact that he was shot 12 times, which I think is accurate, is absolutely insane that he's alive, if he's alive. So we will see. I don't even want to go to the funeral because I'm afraid that somebody might come in the church and shoot up because they have to know that Dominic is still alive because his his name was never in the paper as dying. Um, so they have to know that he's still alive. And if they shot him 12 times, I mean, they wanted him dead. And he's about my age. So if he was shot that many times, he can recover from probably 12 shots. And I would imagine they were using a Glock or an M9, but, but the newspaper didn't say that. So you guys Google Washington Post, D Delta Alpha Victor, Oscar, November, Space childs. I know how you, you know how to spell childs. Charlie, Hilo, India, Lima, Delta, Sierra. And you will see that he was shot on 10 December at 1009 pm. It was a Friday night. Absolutely insane. So let's talk about the AK-47. So I stay up late at night and this was before Stuart Scheller. I went down to his trial. Um, By the way, Stuart Scheller got a general under honorable conditions, which is so crap. Um, That means no GI Bill. That means no GI Bill for his kids. That means no retirement. Absolutely crap. And we're going to fight that. So just letting you know, Secretary of the Navy, that this is not done. I will be filing that paperwork and he will get an honorable. Just put in you on notice, Secretary of the Navy, and we actually like you. I think that you're probably the reason why he got a general instead of a BCD like Corporal Tehu, who still doesn't have mental health help. She spent a year in jail. She had to defecate in cracks in the jail because they were not equipped for women. She had to put napkins inside for her feminine issues so she could bleed. Can you imagine that? She was, she's in her early 20s, Corporal Tehu, she was born in a Burman, not born, she was raised in a Burmanese refugee camp in Thailand, she came to this country, um, and then when she got citizenship, when she joined the military, her and her sister, so she joined the Marine Corps, her sister Pan joined the Navy, both sexually assaulted, Pan's getting out, Pan's having a baby, but she's getting out. Um, take, take that out. She has a BCD. She can get no mental health care. I told her to go to the Cohen center, by the way, if you need mental health care and you're associated with the military in any way, even if you have a friend from the military, Google Cohen, C O H E N centers, they are all over the country. You can get mental health care. So when I had my breakup with my ex, Um, I was having trouble with my referral from the VA. So I used the Cohen Center for almost six months. It was free. They gave me prescriptions. I don't take any drugs, but they gave me prescriptions. The option for them for free, she gave me, the woman was training to become a doctor or mental health professional. I had homework assignments every week. She spoke to me for over an hour on Zoom every day. So if you need mental health help, the Cohen Center, C-O-H-E-N, there is no reason why there should be suicides right now. You have the Cohen Center. You can walk into any emergency room. So I don't want to hear anybody talk about how suicide is justified, okay? I've had suicidal ideations too, but do not kill yourself. Go to go get some help. I go to mental health or I have a mental health appointment every week when I can. I have PTSD. I have military sexual trauma. I have flat feet, but basically like I got 100% for that. There's no excuse for you not taking care of your mental health. I've stopped drinking. I run every day, even though I broke my foot over or rolled my foot over Christmas, but I still can do bar. I still can do squats on my foot. There is, you use exercise, but whatever it is, you do what you need to do. And I smoke some weed and take CBD. But you do whatever it is that you need to do. And here's another reason why I like Mayor Bowser. So you're not allowed to get weed from the VA, even though I have friends like Ferg and Thomas who've worked for years to try to get weed passed on the Hill. The VA will not give it to you. But Mayor Bowser gives it to you for anxiety or any sort of PTSD to anybody in D.C. You can get a weed card you go in and you get seen by this doctor. They, they write you a weed card prescription for whatever you need. You, they, they were doing pop-ups. Now they're actual stores in DC to go buy these things. So if you are not Googling and researching where you're local, and even in Ohio, they passed weed a couple of years ago in Arizona and California, it's been like that for years. So if you don't know your weed laws, My dad had a stroke and I brought him his ballot. And I think this was like 2014. I don't even remember. My dad likes to vote, but Ohio is voting on weed. And it didn't pass that year, it passed like four years later. But the point being, if you don't know what your CBD, weed, whatever um, policies are in your state, then you need to do your research too. It is not the VA's responsibility to do it for you. You need to play an active role in your mental health. All right, guys, I don't know if I'm gonna talk much longer because I like to do short ones, but okay, the AK 47. So I was working at nighttime and I heard like this but and I was like, that's an AK-47. Oh my gosh. And I don't call the police because, like, you know, then they think you're a crook and they can actually hear the radio. So I don't call the police. But I was talking to a cop before I got on the train to go down to Camp Lejeune for. For a sheller. And I'm like, hey, was there an AK suit? And I knew nobody was killed because everybody was sleeping and the cops, I don't even think the cops ever showed up. So I, I didn't think anyone was killed. I think it was just like to scare people. And he was like, Oh, yeah, there's like 15 rounds of an AK 47 shot like on that date. And I was like, Yep. Because I know what an AK 47 sounds like from you know the the firing pits or the 50 cal um, you know, firing pits when you take your gun trucks out in Iraq. And so or even just being from the range. And so it's crazy. And and then I noticed like when I got back from Stuart Scheller's trial, there was like DEA was out there and you could tell they were picking up the cartilages that they do. And I think that one was like an M9. But anyways, I got to go. You guys have a great holiday and please be careful and vigilant out there because you could be the next victim. And if you are not paying attention, that could be you. Thank you for joining Carrie on podcast. And we also have two other Christmas episodes and you guys have a Merry Christmas feeling by Nocton cheers.